Welcome back. We are in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. Let's go. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7. I was not able to record yesterday. I had an ocular migraine that I'm still feeling the effects from today. And it was interesting. I was sitting across from a client and about 80% of my vision just went dark. And I couldn't even see. He was sitting right in front of me and I, I couldn't even see him. He just disappeared. Um, it's, you know, your mind and ocular problems that you have when you have those ocular migraines. It's very odd. But I always think about it from a spiritual sense. The devil is trying to blind us from the truth, right? He tries to take everything and, and make you not be able to focus on it. So it's hard. And he's doing that in culture. He's doing that with politics today. And he's making things that are evil and sinful look good to certain people. Right, and, and God tells us in the Bible, in the end, they will call, call evil good and good evil. And I'm seeing that all around. So we have to be aware, very aware. I'm just about to finish reading a book, unbelievable book by a Christian brother, a pastor over in China, who was kidnapped by the uh, Eastern Lightning Cult. And they're a cult that says that the that Jesus is living right now in the form of a female in America and forcing people into submission and very sad and they they torture people uh, they'll kill people just to get them to come join their cult to sell all their possessions to come in their cult and there's all sorts of sex involved in the cult and hurting people in order to bring them into the kingdom it sounds a lot like uh, what we see in uh, a lot of the Middle Eastern religions going on today uh, very sad, but beware, right? The fight is real. The spiritual battle around you is raging. It's violent. It's continual. And the devil and the demons are always trying to go after you. And right here in the book of Hebrews, you're seeing people who are falling love in, in love with Christ. And yet the culture of that day, the, the Hellenistic view, the, the, the Jewish viewpoint of angels and everything is saying you have to be Jewish first. Or you have to do all these Jewish traditions and then you can you know, think about your, you know, Jesus is the Messiah and stuff. And it's like, no, it's not this other stuff. It's not angels. It's not adding. It's all about Jesus. We're saved by faith alone, not by deeds, right? We will do deeds and that will be how people get to see us as the hands and feet of Jesus. But that's not what saves us right? That's just the sanctification. That's what we want to do because we want to glorify God. So be ready, be aware, because the devil is coming for you. And for some of you, he'll just sneak in. You won't even recognize it. You'll get sad. You'll get depressed. He'll take away money. He'll increase your bills. He'll, he'll make you lose your job. He'll, he'll take away someone who's close to you and make them sick. He'll, he'll uh, you know, all sorts of things. So just be ready, but never stop, stop claiming the name of Jesus, right? Be bold about that. Here we are, it says in verse 7. And of the angels, he says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But to the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Right? So here, the Father, God the Father, is calling the Son, God the Son, God. Right? That settles it. Anybody can look at that, a Jehovah's Witness or someone who says that Jesus is not God, that Jesus is lesser than God the Father, etc. This settles it. This is God the Father saying, to the Son, he says, O God, right? He's calling him God. 
and it says, your throne is forever and ever. And that is absolutely true. There are people today, sadly, who think that God's not in control anymore. He lost control somehow. He gave up control. No, he's still sovereign. Nothing has changed about him, right? God is not changing like that. He doesn't change his mind. Yes, we're to pray with him because it brings us into communion with him, and it changes our hearts. It doesn't change his mind. You're not going to change your mind by something you say or do. It's bringing you into alignment with him, right? You know, the the prayer, which is uh, not my will, but thy will, right? So we want to do God's will, not our will. But too often we're trying to say, I want to live for God, but we're praying about things for us. Oh, Lord, just help me to pass this test, make this money, get this job, do this. And it's all for me. It's not like, Lord, if you have something that is going to be hard on me, bring it and give me the courage and the perseverance to to persevere through it and that you would be glorified through the struggle because we're going to have struggles. That's how we grow. Your kids grow through struggles, right? You warn them about the stove and they keep wanting to touch that hot stove and eventually they touch that hot stove and they learn that lesson. And we tend to do that over and over. And we, when we work out our body, our biceps, right? We, our uh, abs, anything, we're, we're putting strain on those muscles, struggling the muscles so that they'll grow back stronger. We got to do the same thing when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. We want to go through these struggles so that we can come out stronger, closer to him, tell more people about him. But his throne is forever and ever. He hasn't lost control. He hasn't given up control. But the world that we live in is ruled by the devil today. We know that because he tells us in the, in the Bible. The devil is the prince of the air. He controls this world, but God is still sovereign, and nothing happens that doesn't first go past God. Remember in Job, God gave approval to Satan to do certain things, but he also put constraints and restraints in certain areas as well. So God is still sovereign and in control, but he allows certain things for his purposes because we know from Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love God. So here at verse 8 it says, But to the Son he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom, right? It's a symbol of of righteousness. He says in verse 9, You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. So this is God, the Father, talking to God, the Son, saying, You've loved righteousness and you've hated lawlessness. Look around the world right now. Right now, righteousness is not being uh, rewarded. Righteousness is oftentimes not being... Um, admired. It's the lawlessness that we're seeing get admired. And we're seeing people who are doing things and having no consequences for their actions. We're seeing uh, crimes and criminals that are going unpunished. Uh, We're seeing a lot of lawlessness out there, which is just do whatever you want. Hedonism rules. Whatever maximizes your pleasure, you should do it. No one should be able to say or do anything about it. There should be no consequences. That is lawlessness. Jesus hates that. Sadly, um, you know, there's a lot of people, and I know this from a recent experience over the past couple of days, people are like, well, you know, Christians just hate people who are different than them today. It's like, no, we hate the sin, not the sinner. We love the person. We want them to come, them to, come to church. We want to share the truth with them. And if you look throughout the Bible, Jesus didn't say, I'm just going to love you and affirm you in your sin. He never did that. And no one ever did that, right? Uh, Jonah, He screamed, repent. He didn't say, I affirm you in your sin. He said, repent. Jesus turned over the money money tables for the money changers. He didn't say, I affirm you in your sin and your thief and your theft and idolatry and greed and all that. He was like, no, repent, right? It's exactly what we're called to do to people who are making 
living a sinful lifestyle, especially open sin. We're not to affirm them in that. We're supposed to see sin as sin. And we recognize that in the end, God, what uh, they'll call evil, they'll, they'll say evil is good and good is evil. And we also know that in the end, that they'll worship the creation, not the creator. And that's exactly what we're seeing in America right now and a lot of places in the world where they're uh, worshiping themselves and their feelings rather than the creator, God who created them. So be very careful and don't think that God is absent. He's not. He's present. His throne is here forever. And don't think that uh, you just get to say, well, you know, we hate people because they're different. No, we hate sin. And the loving thing to do is to confront people in their sin because if they don't think they have a, if they don't think they are sinners, they're not going to see the need for a redemptor. They're not going to see the need for redemption. And so a lot of people are saying, well, this is what I feel, and therefore it's not a sin. They're not going to see the need for a Savior, and they're not going to turn to Jesus. If we lovingly say, we love you, we want you to come to church, we want to read the Bible, we want to pray with you, we want to talk through this with you, as you see that you're a sinner, then you'll look to a Savior. You'll look to salvation, and Jesus is the one who atoned for our sins once and for all. Not our deeds, not our works, not our feelings, not what we think is a benchmark to get us into heaven, but Jesus is that benchmark. He's perfect, and he's the only one who could... Uh, make that final sacrifice for us, and he did it, and we can place our faith in him. Then says, therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. Verse 10, and you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. So here, this is still God the Father talking to God the Son. It says, but to the Son, he says, and you, Lord, so again, he called him Lord, right? That's awesome. Did he ever call an angel Lord? Not once. Why? Because an angel is not God, an angel is not Lord, an angel is not uh, deity, an angel is a created entity that in every circumstance where someone tried to worship an angel, the angel said, don't worship me. Only God is worthy of your worship. And then it says, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth. Who laid the beginning of the, laid the foundation of the earth? Jesus, right? He tells us right here, and we see that elsewhere in the Bible as well. And the heavens are the work of your hands. So some people are like, well, Jesus is just this created being. He's this human. Well, he was fully human when he was here, but he's also fully God. And he's also the one that God chose to work through to create the world. Right? Awesome. Uh, Tomorrow we'll pick up in verse 11. Take away whatever application you need to take away, but at least work on one application uh, today. And, And I think maybe the biggest one for me is understanding that we need to speak up lovingly to people about their sin. Not pointing the finger saying, you suck, you can't get to heaven, you're not as good as me. No, it's saying, I'm a sinner just like you. I want you to recognize your sin so that you'll look to a Savior to help you to overcome that sin and to repent and want to repair and work on it and not do that anymore. But we've got to be vocal about it. We've got to be loving, and as we do it, we cannot be silent. We can't sit by idle and just say, well, that's just what they feel. We've got to let them do it. So, Lord, we thank you so much. Help us. Uh, help us because we are just surrounded by spiritual warfare. We are surrounded by evil where people call things that are evil, they call them good, and they just want us to go along and say, well, you're, you're, you're a Bible beater, or they'll say, I'm a Christian too, but 
you can't judge this person. We're not judging the person. We're trying to show them that they have sin so that they'll want to look to a sinner or to, to a, sal- a Savior who can save them from their sin, just like you saved me from my sin, Lord. I've sinned so many times. It only took one to separate me from you forever, but I've done it repeatedly. Yet you forgave me, and I repented, and I ask your forgiveness. Help us all to understand these truths, Lord, and to live this day for you. Amen. Mm-hmm.